You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership, uh, your source for insight for local government technology. My name is Brendan Middleton, and today we're going to be speaking with Alfredo Frauenfelder about how digital technology is giving old documents new life. Interesting topic here. I'm really excited to dive in here. So our, our special guest, as I mentioned, is Alfredo Frauenfelder. Welcome. It's great to have you on the show, Al. Thanks, Brandon. I appreciate it. It's, glad, it's great being here with you. Alfredo is a client executive at Avenue Insights and Analytics. First, I'm super excited, Al, to hear your thoughts on how modern transcription practices and new technology is is giving new life and accessibility to historical documents and how, how specifically you are partnering with local governments to accomplish their digital transformation strategy. First, before we get started out, would you mind just giving us a little bit about yourself and your experience in the industry and explain your role at Avenue? Yeah, Brandon, uh, originally graduated with a master's degree in urban and regional planning. So I had been uh, formally trained in uh, the matters of local governments, um, and I have been practicing as a local government employee for many years. Um, I worked in Virginia uh, for counties. I've also worked for state agencies. So for a long time, I was on the uh, local government, public sector, state agencies section. While um, more recently, I've been in the private sector providing services to those local governments and state agencies. So I've had a unique perspective of being a participant of um, the, the industry of local governments and state agencies and providing services to constituents uh, for about 25, 30 years. Fantastic. Well, with that, Al, let's, let's dive right into this today. We all know digital strategies have really never been more important um, in today's time, given what we've seen over the last several years with not only natural disasters, fires out west, hurricanes in the Gulf, and, and honestly, more prominently, the recent pandemic that we have all experienced and it's affected us all um, in a multitude of different ways. My first question would be, like, what is the current state of historical documents for many of the governments you're speaking with today? And, and what, is, what does storing those old documents look like for governments? Uh, yeah, Brandon, I think that one of the primary functions of uh, public sector agencies is to maintain the records of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes everything from uh, birth certificates all the way to death certificates and everything in between. Every time we purchase a house, we purchase a vehicle, all these documents that are generated during our lives, uh, one of the primary things that public agencies do is maintain those documents. And they do that for a reason. It's very important to have that record of all the things that we do during our lives. And not only our lives, it's the lives of our ancestors, so that the future generations can have an understanding of what happened before. So, for example, clearing the title of a vehicle. If you buy a, a vehicle, you want to make sure that it has a clear title. Or the same thing for a house or a real estate property. So all these documents are very important that need to be made available all the way back to the inception, you know, to the very first time that the document was created, it needs to be maintained and made available. So what we found is that prior to the early 1900s, documents were obviously uh, handwritten in cursive format. There was no typewriters, there were no word processors, so people were just writing documents with ink and pen on paper. So the idea was to um, make those documents available to the public, uh, and 
the idea of reading cursive is becoming more and more difficult for people. So mm -hmm. there is a difficulty of being able to read those pre-1900 documents. Right. Um, so that's one part of it. And the other part is whether or not you can actually access the documents. You know, if the documents are stored in a basement vault somewhere, yeah. but the vault is closed because of the pandemic or any other circumstance or reason, then you don't have access to the documents. So there are two things. It's one is making the documents accessible to the public. And the second one is making the documents readable so that people can understand what the document meant when it was originally created. So it's, it's just so interesting to me to, to think about having documents that are just so important and vital to society. And as we as we operate as citizens, just not being readily available and how a pandemic or a hurricane or a fire could make those documents virtually inaccessible to yeah. constituents and in, in, in the public at large. So now that we've kind of talked through the current state of these documents, very in different types, uh, albeit, but let's talk about the process. So uh, can you discuss a little bit about the process of how technology is, you know, making an impact on this in regard to, you know, capturing these documents, storing them, how technology is enabling the the managing and the, and the organization of it. And and ultimately, the most important part is making them available for search and instant retrieval a lot of times of, you know, these scanned and historical documents. Like, what is that process? Yeah, so if you think about a document that is filed at a public agency, uh, be it a uh, real estate deed or a mortgage or any other kind of document that is filed, a birth certificate, a death certificate, any, anything like that, uh, what you have is the original document itself that was created. So that is the physical entity of the document in paper. Mm -hmm. And obviously that document is usually stored in some sort of um, a storage facility, a vault or something like that by the public agency. And there it is, there it sits. Right. Uh, sometimes they have uh, indices that allow you to find the exact location of the document so you can go find it and retrieve it. But that mm -hmm. obviously means you have to be physically there to look at the index cards, find mm -hmm. the document on the shelf, and then pull it out for reading, or maybe making a photocopy. More recently, however, uh, the idea of having citizens come to the public agencies to retrieve the documents physically uh, has become more and more difficult. Uh, there are many reasons why, you know, uh, the volume of the searches, there are many counties and local governments in the United States that see a great deal of volume of activity. You know, you can imagine large counties, large cities where there's a lot of real estate transactions going on. It will be very difficult to house all the people that are coming to retrieve those documents, as well as things like the pandemic, working hours, uh, vacation, things like that, uh, holidays. So. There has been an effort to try to digitally enable the local governments and these public agencies to make the documents available online. Yeah, there have been some uh, misconceptions and bad perceptions about putting things online, uh, <laughs> issues of privacy, issues right. of concerns of, uh, you know, uh, whether or not somebody's going to do some kind of fraud. Right. But the reality is, is that these documents are available online and there are ways to make sure that the people that are accessing these documents have legitimate reasons to do so. So uh, making the documents available online is one way that local governments and public agencies can ensure that the constituents have access to the documents they need to live their lives, you know, to buy their houses, to right. buy real estate, to 
um, you know, birth a child or file a death certificate. All these things need to happen regardless whether or not the public agency is open or closed or whether or not there's a pandemic going on. So the uh, accessibility of these documents online is something that is part of what we expect today. We expect to have access to things online, uh, right. whether it's shopping or whether it's um, communicating with our family and friends or coworkers, right. uh, but also the idea that I need to see this document and I need it today. And boom, right. so um, the digital, digital enablement through online services makes it possible for the constituents to access the documents online. And now that you have those documents in place, uh, of course, that has to be done through scanning. Uh, there has to be a database created from indexing from the standpoint of uh, you know, connecting a database to the actual document so you can find it. And then making those available online through some sort of a user interface. Uh, but also, after you download the document, it's whether or not you can actually read it. You can actually have use of what it says or what is in the document. And there is where transcription is very helpful because transcription allows professionals that are specifically trained and have experience in reading cursive to mm -hmm. actually physically transcribe the cursive into text. So then you will have access to both the original document that is in cursive handwritten form as well as the transcribed text file, which makes it very easy to read. So that combination, that combination of making documents available online, as well as making the meaning and the words of that document available to the recipient is ultimately what we're trying to achieve. Well, there's no question we've become a society of instant access from the Amazons of the world to the Ubers to the you know, Grubhubs and the instant ordering and delivery of food. Like our society at large is is been accustomed to over the last decade or so is is having instant ability to achieve whatever you want to achieve. And it's all through an application or it's on a digital website um, giving us instant access. And we, you know, constituents are demanding that type of service for their their documents, um, whether it be historical or, you know, vital records. So can you talk a little bit more specifically about the transcription portion? I think it's super important. And it's, it's just so interesting to me as we've partnered with, you know, many local governments, you know, as you partner with them, like, Talk about some of the most historical documents that have been transcribed in, in, in your in your experience. Yeah, so it's very important to make those documents that are out there. They're being kept for a reason. You know, they're not there for just to add weight to shells. Mm -hmm. uh, they're there for a reason. They're there because the intent is for other people to come over and see them and read them and understand what they say and make decisions based on what those documents say. So if you cannot read them, if it's difficult to read, that could be an impediment to trying to achieve what you're looking to do. You know, if you're looking, if you're doing genealogical research or if you're doing real estate uh, transaction research, it would be good if you could have a way to quickly scan and read a document mm -hmm. rather than trying to get an expert in uh, cursive writing, <laughs> reading. <laughs> uh, so uh, what, what happens here is that we take the existing documents that are in cursive format and they're scanned. So we have them scanned and indexed. So we can find them by the type of document, by the people that are associated in documents like grantors or grantees in a real estate transaction. And once the document is easy to be found by searching an index database, then we, uh, we assign an expert, a cursive reading expert, who 
knows what an F looks like in <laughs> cursive or what a T looks like. So they know the difference between a T and an F in cursive, for example. And they're able to transcribe physically using a keyboard, they transcribe the documents from handwritten to text files. A second, a second operator actually performs a QAQC um, step to make sure that the document that is being produced, the text file that is being produced, is actually accurate to what the document originally intended to say. And once that two-step process happens, then we make the document available online together with the original document. So in that way, you can see both the original cursive written document next to the um, text file. And that makes it very easy to read line by line, text by text, or paragraph by paragraph as you move down the document uh, to read it. So yeah, so there's a process of transcribing, which is something that has been around for a while. You know, you have doctors, for example, that write notes Mm-hmm. And then they have transcription. You know, they have transcribers that transcribe those notes into a text file. And there is a reason for that. You know, you, you, it's, it's very, uh, everybody's familiar with the fact that doctors have very poor handwriting. Right. So th- the transcription is important. Uh, so this is a, an example of that. We, we're trying to make the documents easy to read. Yeah. And it's funny, you, you talk about the cursive writing, like cursive isn't even really being taught in our youth school system anymore. I mean, it's it's a it's a lost art that is just not being taught anymore, much less being able to read what the, what the cursive letters look like. And obviously, people have different handwritings and it's very difficult to read. So that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. That you can honestly, it's really cool that you can see them side by side. Also, so when the documents get uploaded and they get transcribed, you can see what it looked like in its original format, but also be able to see uh, a a text file that translates that cursive original text for original format to a a more readable version. Exactly. That's really cool. That's awesome. So. Let's talk about the value, really, that it brings. We talked about the value it brings to having accessibility for constituents. What What do you foresee the ultimate value it bringing to the recorders themselves, who are really responsible for taking care of these documents? Well, I think uh, if you think about um, county clerks, town clerks, um, any any kind of agency that maintains these documents, they're making an investment. Right. You know, there is a real estate investment because those documents do exist in a physical format. So there is an investment on that. And then there's an ongoing investment in maintaining those documents, um, making sure that they're accessible, that they're clear, that they're clean, that they're safe, that kind of thing. So the idea of making the documents online, available online, and also making them more easily accessible by transcribing them into text files, actually leverages all the investment that local governments have made over the decades. Otherwise, there is no reason really to maintain documents that are non-accessible or non-readable. So if you uh, go through the transcription process, you go through the um, process of making those documents available online, you're leveraging that investment that you made for the previous 100 years in your local government to make those documents accessible to the constituents. So I think that's ultimately what we're learning now, um, particularly in the pandemic, in that Local governments, occasionally, they cannot be open. There are reasons for why local governments cannot be accessible. But the documents are still there, Mm -hmm. and the investment is still there. So using the technology that we currently have, you know, um, makes it possible for us to really change how how we are doing business, which we have been doing for the past year or so, and leverage the investment of the past 
with the technology of today. Wonderful. Very, very cool. So that, that brings me kind of to my next point. I, I get asked often, like, where do I start? Like for a government that hasn't been doing this, they obviously have probably thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of records. Like what's the biggest challenge um, you face when discussing this type of digital strategy or digital transformation with these historical documents? And and like what would you recommend they approach the beginning of that? Like where do they start? Well, I think that the, the primary obstacle is misperceptions, maybe fear. There is a perception of fear and that the, these are my documents and they cannot be made available or I want control of them, that kind of thing. And, and the concerns about uh, fraud or invasion of privacy online, which again, um, there are ways that we can mitigate or eliminate those factors right. to make the documents safely available online. Um, so the same way that you can use your cell phone now to transfer money to your friends or make a, a deposit, deposit your paycheck in your account. Right. I mean, there is no concern about somebody is going to somehow access your account and steal your money because the banks and the financial institutions have set up procedures and policies to protect that. Mm -hmm. So the same way we can do, we can apply that to documents. So if we can get beyond the misconceptions and the fears about making these documents available, then it's, the next factor is funding. But in my opinion, any local government, any public agency that makes a compelling uh, that makes a compelling um, argument to support providing funding for these projects will be accepted immediately. You know, I think that any local government that can explain to the to the decision makers mm -hmm. that some funds are necessary or approval of funding is necessary to make these processes happen, it will be easy. I think it will be very easy to get that approval. Uh, particularly when these processes, and what I mean by these processes, that uh, there are two, of course. There is the, the local government public agency process of intaking the document, which usually mm -hmm. also generates revenue. So there is a fee that people pay to put these documents into the system. And right. then there is the processes where we actually take those documents and put them online and make them accessible. So those funds that are being generated by the local governments as the documents are being intaken uh, could be applied to also uh, digitally enable them and make them available online. So it's almost so a I, re revenue generating process too. Like almost in your experience, have you seen where they almost pay for themselves over time? Obviously not instantaneously, but are there instances where you've experienced that once they get these accessible and then the constituency starts to uh, accept and access them uh, as is that revenue generating um, process almost paying for itself over time? Yeah, and it, it does that and more. Uh, I think that as soon as they, the public, the constituents are aware that the documents are readily available and readily be readily usable, uh, the usage goes up because now you don't have, for example, if you're doing research in your family um, and you think about, well, I have to go downtown and go to the courthouse and spend two days <laughs> looking for documents, you don't do it. You just you just don't do it. Uh, on the other hand, if you just realize that you can do a quick search on an evening at your house on your computer, in your own living room, then you're likely to do it. So 
more and more people have more access to the documents and instituting a reasonable um, fee program will actually increase revenues for the public agency that is providing the documents available. So again, it's not an intent here to generate funds. This is not the idea, it's not to generate funds, but it is to make the documents accessible and then to provide for the for that effort of making the documents accessible to pay for itself. And it does, it does pay for itself and more. Incredible. So uh, as we wrap up today, um, Al, could you just leave us with some of the, just the key takeaways that you would have our listeners consider if they are, you know, in the process, they haven't begun the process or they're hearing about this potential uh, digital transformation strategy and taking advantage of this type of technology for their jurisdiction. What would be some of the key takeaways that you would leave for them? Well, I think uh, the first thing that I would like to say is that uh, what I'm talking about here is actually happening. This is not a concept. It's not a an idea. <laughs> it's actually mm-hmm. something that is happening for real. And there are literally thousands of agencies across the nation who are carrying out these efforts right. to make their records more accessible and to make those records uh, readable. And many of them are taking the extra step of uh, going all the way back you know, so for example, there are counties in the East Coast that have records that go to the very foundation of the of the nation. Um, wow. That go all the way back to the first settlers. And those records are being converted, they're being uh, made accessible online, and they're being transcribed. So this is happening. So what I will suggest is that for those who are not on the way or thinking about being on the way is to contact uh, contact us is one way of doing that, but also uh, contact us at Avenue. It would be one way of doing that, but also contact your peers, uh, organizations like uh, PRIA, uh, local and regional associations right. make access to uh, resources that are doing this information, they're doing these projects right now. So get that information on your own, you know, um, talk to your peers, talk to people that have done it before and get a way or, or an understanding of how they went about doing it. And then simply, um, you know, make the effort to champion the the work that is necessary to get the project on the way. And, and what you'll see is that you, you will transform, digitally transform the operations of your office uh, at, at whatever public agency is making these records available. Usage will go up, uh, participation will increase, um, and then the oral perception of the constituent will be better because they're getting better services right. from those public agencies. Awesome. So. This is happening. It's going on uh, across the nation. Um, It's not a concept. This is something that's real that you can start today. Validate with your peers. Validate that with others that have begun this process or have even done it all the way back to sovereignty, that it is uh, an efficient, secure process. And, And start somewhere is what I'm hearing. Just start somewhere. Start small. Get with a provider that can enable and partner with you to, you know, map out these different types of projects and and understand where to begin and what phases to do it in, and and, and just validate for yourself. So, that, Al, this has really been great. I can't thank you enough for joining us today on the Local Government Insights Podcast. Honestly, for those who are listening, you know, make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. We we thank you all so much for listening. Um, please stay tuned for more local government news and insights to come, and uh, we really look forward to having you next time. You've been listening to Local Government Insights. 
Modernizing Government Leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time. This episode is brought to you by Avenue, your state and local government partner. Avenue partners with state and local officials to boost revenue, optimize operations, and deepen community trust. Avenue brings over 40 years of experience working with over 3,000 local governments to bring you the greatest insights. We work alongside your team to find ways to maximize revenue for local governments without raising taxes. Join us today to learn about ways to drive enhanced results for your community. To get in contact with the Avenue team, visit www.avenueinsights.com.